Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited tonight. Well, welcome back to another Live the Fuel podcast show. But here's why I'm excited. Uh, we haven't we've talked a little bit over the over the past almost two years of creation of the podcast, but we've talked about creation of Live the Fuel. Originally, it stood for Live the Fired Up Epic Life. I shortened it to Live the Fuel as an acronym. But this evening, I'm bringing on a gentleman, an inspirational gentleman that I've, I've mentioned a couple times on this show. This guy, when, he, when he's bored, he skydives a lot. Like literally, he's on the Denver Broncos Thunderstorm skydive team. That's right. He's the guy who skydives in with a bunch of other people in this beautiful perfection into the football stadium. Uh, it's pretty cool. But more importantly, his brand inspired my brand. His brand is known as the Bucket List Life. And you guys know I'm an adrenaline junkie, and I love checking off stuff faster than I can add to my list. So we can get into a lot more today when we will, because I'm excited to bring on Kenyon Salo. Welcome to the show, sir. Scott, it's so awesome to be on board. Thanks for that amazing introduction. And it's so cool to hear how... I've inspired you. I really believe that inspiration goes both directions and it doesn't matter whether somebody's on stage and in the audience or in the audience and then they see the person on stage. It always flows both directions. And so I'm inspired by you and I'm super, super excited to be on this podcast with you. I think it's a great combo. So thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're on. So, but it's like, I can't believe it's taken me this long to finally get you on. And I think I love truth and transparency. It's hilarious. Like, was it yesterday you texted me? Yeah, yeah, I texted you yesterday. I know it was because it showed up on my Facebook feed, and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally dropped the ball. Because you know what? I saw years ago, when, when did you start the podcast? 2016, September. So years ago, I saw this like little, it was like in a comment, and you're like, well, maybe one day Kenyon Saylor will be on my podcast. <laughs> like, mental note, I need to reach out to Scott, and we'll make it happen. Two years goes by, and here we are. I, I mean, know. I, like, life gets busy. Yeah. Well, apparently it did, but yeah. you know, busy. I like to use the word productive. Well, productive. I mean, dude, you got over six thousand skydives under your belt. I, you know, I've got less than ten. Um, <laughs> I need to start doing that whole check look checkbook thing and and like get licensed. I'm tired of paying for tandems. It's really annoying. So, yeah, yeah. Stop paying for tandems. Yeah. You've done you've done you've done enough tandems. Now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Step up. Do the AFF course. Become a skydiver. Well, I just got to find a jump zone. Well, the best part is like, it's it's already on the to-do list. So it's on the bucket list. <laughs> that's, right. It's like, that's, that's, that's what I love about your brand. Like people, like you reach a point where you follow somebody like Kenyon for so long. Again, the bucket list life. Or actually go to his site, KenyonSalo.com. K-E-N-Y-O-N-S-A-L-O.com. But dude, your brand, oh, man, Michael O'Neill. Shout out to Michael O'Neill, the solopreneur hour. He's, Absolutely. I mean, that, that guy is like, he's like the glue or the center point of, of a bicycle hub, right? right? Wheel. Everybody's connected to Michael O'Neill. It all goes back to the center, Michael O'Neill. It's and weird. <laughs> like you, you and I were just, we just, before we started the show, I look at it, I look at his video. He's got the same Heil PR 40 mic. So right off the bat, I was like, 
uh, he knows. I mean, I already knew you knew Michael, but, but I was like, all right, I'm sure Michael probably talked to him about microphones at some point, you know, cause he, he's, he's a killer drummer. I, I can't play music. Neither he, can I. He's got me beat. Uh, but you know, you're from Colorado. He's originally from Colorado. I used to live in Colorado. Uh, so there's all this overlap happening. And yeah, I've, I've said this multiple times on the show, Colorado, uh, it's just, I know I use this word too much. It's an epic lifestyle. I mean, it's, you can make so much happen in Colorado. Would you disagree? I, I can't disagree. I would absolutely <laughs> agree that you can make so much happen. I mean, look, hands down, it is the healthiest state in the country. Yes. So overall, they've done all the studies. This isn't like something that showed up in like Esquire magazine or something. This is something like serious studies have shown that Colorado is the healthiest state. And, and it's not just like from nutrition or fitness. It's like across the board, a happiness, you know, stress levels are low. Happiness is high and physical activities and people getting out there and just the way people live life. And so when I see that, I know that there's opportunity everywhere. There's opportunity to connect with someone to do something cool and amazing. There's opportunity to learn and grow as an individual. Yeah. And there's opportunity yeah. to truly be yourself. I love Colorado. Well, I, I'm excited because I want to go back in time here for a second because we both love Colorado. I've now got finally ask you this question. Where did the awesome branding of the bucket list life come from? For you, uh, it comes from the ashes. Like every great idea, it comes from the darkest place ever. Okay. And for me, it was Christmas 2013. So it was actually Christmas Eve, the night before. Dude, I was my living in Colorado then. Okay, well, there you go. So my kids had gone back to their mom's house, and I was sitting in my house, and there was nothing. I mean, no Christmas tree no presents, no decorations, no Christmas cards. I realized I was going to wake up the next day and it was going to be like an average day in July, like right now when we're recording. It was like yeah. any day of the year. Meanwhile, I was going through a horrendous breakup at the same time. And I had looked for some sort of like consoling or somebody to reach out to. And so I reached out to this person and it was just like, it was a, a bla there was no heartbeat. I no mean, energy. it was- there was no, it was like that person didn't care. And that's cool because we're in the middle of a breakup. I get it. So I went to sleep. I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I was like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> Question. And so I started writing in a journal and I was writing and writing and writing. And then I was like, I want to check off bucket list items. And I realized, wait a minute, I've done that. I've been doing that. That's how I've lived my life. Yeah. Added one thing that was different. I want to help others check off their bucket list items. And so that's where it grew. Like from that moment on, that was like the inception. Was it that instantaneous? Like that just popped in your head like that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was that instantaneous. It was that, it, it, it was magical. I mean, and, and I didn't know the power of it, but it slowly started to unfold. Now, did it have to go through 20 different iterations? Did it have to morph? <laughs> years did i have to you know give it love and feed it and water it and nurture it and talk nicely to the concept until it became what it is today absolutely sure. yeah i mean so, how, how many times i gotta ask you this because i'm gonna eventually release on instagram like all the variations of my logo so like what was your first logo 
Oh, it was, it, it was like, <laughs> no, you know, my first logo, I think I had like partnered with Clippy on Microsoft and <laughs> two of us worked together and we came up with some clip art, you know, some like Microsoft paint. No, it was, it was horrendous. Cause uh, I'm good at that. I'm not good at art. I can barely yeah. draw figures. Well, it's funny cause we both know Michael O'Neill. I'm bringing this, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have fun on this episode because I just, I'm geeking out here, right? Because uh, again, it's just so cool that you and I are finally, I mean, we've met before, like we know each other from the isogenics world, the health world, stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, you, you've gotten into pu- public speaking and, you know, on this show, again, for the video feed, uh, I'm going to do some screen sharing real quick. It isn't just about the bucket list life, right? That's how I found you. Thanks to Michael. But obviously, you've built a brand, and we're going to dig more into this later in the show, you know, KenyanSalo.com, your name. But I have to bring this up. This right here, this page, it looked different. You know, your logos were different a couple years ago. But when Michael O'Neill was in New York City, he was up in New York. He was visiting a friend who was ill, or they were looking after somebody who was ill. I forget. Because I've listened to every single one of Michael's shows. Um, So anyway, he told me about this page. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this will be on the show notes, the bucket list life, you know, on Facebook. So we found this page and he says, Scott, he's like, he's trying to help me. I had hired him. I was in his little, uh, proudly unemployable, you know, network group and everything else. We're doing the coaching. And he's like, Scott, he's like, in the beginning, you just need inspiration. And he said, you got to follow my buddy, Kenyon. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the way you live your life. He's like, that's your guy. He's like, this guy's got thousands, actually, hold on, you have 141, 141,405 people like that page. And I forget where it was back then. And back then it was in the tens of thousands, you know, whereas me, I've got like five. And it, we, we, you know, he works with me and we create Live the Fuel. Like I, I did, a, I remember this exercise. I took my wall in my apartment and covered it in Post-its and wrote down every word that meant something to me. And obviously, thanks to living in Arizona, doing the wildland firefighting, and then moving to Colorado, it was like, you know, being a ski racer and a mountain bike racer and everything else. I have all these epic and fired up. And anyway, eventually, I came up with Live the Fuel. And he's like, all right, now, he's like, follow Kenyon's feed and just start emulating. Like, or you don't, don't copy everything he's doing, but, you know, he's like, you're a high energy motivational person. You know, pick motivational, inspirational content and just start taking action and see where it goes. And that was the origins. Like I literally started with a Facebook page to build likes on Live the Fuel and I shared quotes and I shared stuff that I followed from your page. And that's how it all started. I think my first logo, I think, I literally think it just said live live the fire of epic life or I think I found something that had a, a, a flickering flame or something. It was, yeah. it was God awful. <laughs> Anytime you do motivation, inspiration, you have to put something on fire. Yeah. Like, like that just says like fire and that that's the key thing. And and then that's, that says you are now a podcaster, a speaker, a sure. leader. Yeah. It just a, happens. Whatever. Yeah. It just fires the, the, the logo. Yeah. But obviously it morphed. Like, I mean, I love the simplicity of your page. I'm going to share again uh, because it's, it's that simple. It's like, you know, you've, and again, back in the day, it wasn't team bucket list life, right? That didn't even exist. Bucket list life. What's that? And, yeah, it was like in the in the left hand corner where yeah. it says bucket list life. And actually that bucket logo, you know, was part of the original too. Um, you know, because I didn't know. I, I look, yeah. I'm sure that bucket logo off. Oh yeah, that's been on there since 2014. Exactly. Because the brand has morphed. Yeah. 
And so we put less energy into this page yep. and more energy into the brand of Kenyan Salo. Yeah. And not there. You can see that's where the brand has morphed to. And it's like, well, how do you get to, from one to the other? Is it, is it, you know, some people say, well, is it still the same? Well, it is the same, absolutely, because the bucket list life, as we sat down and we went through the concepts, and I say we because people were attracted to it and they came on board with it and they were excited and they wanted to partner with it because it was about others first and foremost and not about ourselves. Right. And when we dug into it, we found that what we were doing was creating more experiences, sharing more stories, and living more fulfilled by helping others. Those three things were like the core values of who we were and how we lived our life. Okay. Eventually, what came out of it through trying to figure out how to monetize, how to create, how to grow the brand, you know, everything from is it a t-shirt company? Is it a consulting company? <laughs> is it a venture company? Is it an app? You know, what? Like we tried everything. In the end result, what we realized is that people didn't want to open up their wallets when it came time to saying, hey, I want to live a bucket list life. Right. But what we found and ultimately what I found was if I spoke about the concepts, which has been my lifelong gift is speaking. Mm -hmm. And when I spoke about those concepts, that's the best way they were received. And so by naturally moving into the public speaking world and talking about the bucket list life keynote and those three concepts in that, it is motivation, inspiration, first and foremost. But this keynote is so brilliant that it also works with leadership, team building, customer service. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's truly amazing to be able to give that to audiences across the country and around the world. Well, and I've been watching you grow because obviously I've been a follower for a long time. And it, it was exciting to start seeing more and more like, like all right, you, you got to tell me. What's yeah. it like when you get the first keynote invite? Well, you know, it's a big deal. So for the very first one, so what had happened was is someone had reached out to me on Facebook and he's like, hey, do you do speaking? And I'm like, well, you know, I've done speaking kind of my whole life. And I did some training back, you know, about six years ago. And he's like, will you just come to a keynote at our uh, conference? And I was like, sure. And I'm like, how much? He's like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know. How about $500? And he's like, all right, I think we can pull that off. So it kind of sounded like it was expensive and I thought I was getting a good deal. <laughs> I went there and it actually wasn't the keynote I do today. I just spoke in front of the audience, but I remember walking away going, I need to focus on this, hmm. but how much do I want to focus on it? I'll, I'll do it a little bit, but I don't want to make it my thing. Hmm. Hmm. A couple months later, uh, a, a person from a speaker bureau reached out to me and said, look, your name came up a couple of times. I think it'd be really great if you joined our speaker bureau. I said, great, let's do it. You know, And then she booked me for an event. I got $500 again. I was like, this is great. Okay. And you get, you're getting paid to do what you love. Getting paid, yeah. which, which I thought was amazing. And again, still, I wasn't ready to grow it. I still didn't step it. The universe kept telling me, you're supposed to speak. And I kept saying, oh, I'm going to do these other things and I'm going to go over here and just be distracted and not, you know, and it actually took another two years after that before I fully said, wait a minute, I, I was speaking here and there and here and there, but it wasn't until two years later that I was like, wait a minute, I'm putting 100% focus into this. I'm going to drive this. This is what I'm supposed to do. Let's make the brand of Kenyan Salo. And it's in and around speaking with this message. Well, that's the beauty of that is because honestly, 
Isn't public speaking just another entrepreneurial endeavor, right? But the difference is yeah. you're building the brand of you and your message. Yes. It, it's a business. Yeah. It is a business first and foremost. And if you don't know how to run a business, it doesn't matter if you're a great speaker, or you've mm-hmm. got a good concept. If you don't know how to run a business, it's not going to work. No. And, and, you, a, and it goes back to the power of your community too, right? I'm sure you probably, or you probably, I, you probably have definitely been in mastermind groups, right? Well, for sure. I've done part of mastermind groups, but not the majors. I haven't jumped in any majors. I haven't done any of those things. I've been part of teams where we've created. Yes. We've worked together. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, that, that's something that comes up more and more on this show too, is I'm not saying everybody's got to be in a mastermind group, but when you surround yourself with like-minded people, Mike, sure. talks, Mike talks about this too. It's a lot easier to accomplish these said endeavors or opportunities to grow because you've got some fellow like-minded, let's call them cheerleaders, working together with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And mentors. Mentorship yes. is, that's the number one thing, no matter what I've done in my life, I always have a mentor. Yeah. I joke around. I was talking to a, on a coaching podcast the other day and I said, you know, what is your vote to that coach? Like, what's your vote? on coaches who don't have coaches or mentors who don't have mentors. And he's like, well, then you're not a coach and you're not a mentor. I was like, thank you. Because we should always be leveling up and having somebody guiding what we're doing. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. Always a student, always a teacher. Yeah. Always a a student. But we didn't know this all the time, right? Let's go back in time. Of course not. But I remember, look, I remember being a skateboarder as a kid and going, I need to hang out with the better skateboarders <laughs> because when I was the best kid on the block, I wasn't getting better. So I went and sought out better skateboarders so that I could grow. Well, that was like, that was like me when I found ski racing, my buddy grew up in Alaska and he moved to this area when his company moved here. And I'm an hour, about an hour and an hour and a half North of Philadelphia and uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, only an hour and a half from New York city. So great location. So his company moves here. And we become friends. So I get him into mountain biking because I'm obsessed with biking. And then he's like, oh, well, dude, he's like, I grew up ski racing. I was like, oh, I suck at skiing. And he's like, well, you should come up and volunteer with the race team. And that way we can hang out. So I start off just being like, you know, the the race gate carrying guy. And I'm running races. I'm learning everything about racing. But the side benefit of this is that I am trying to ski with people way better than me. That grew, I, I didn't learn to ski till I was 18. And then I'm doing this in my late 20s, early 30s. So naturally, as you just hinted, my skiing starts to get better. And I'm, yeah. still, not, I'm still not like some Olympian, but I can hang with all of my buddies for the most part. Thanks to that job, that little side job, just as I didn't really call it a job. It was just something I enjoyed to do. We don't, you, you don't do ski race coaching for money. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> But no, but, but now like when I go out to Colorado every year, we go out to Colorado skiing and it's like, I can hang on the big mountains, man. I can hit all the diamonds, double diamonds. I'll huck off of a cliff. I couldn't have done that years ago. I needed to get myself surrounding other people that were better than me. That's right. That's right. And that's the way it is, uh, for all things in life. So, so what's the craziest thing you've done on a skateboard? Well, skateboarding naturally went into snowboarding and that's where ah. I ended up being a professional snowboarder. There it is. That's how I back in Colorado. I was born in Colorado, but I was living on the East Coast in New Hampshire. And I said, you know what? I'm moving to Colorado. So when I was 20 years old, I packed up and dreams of being a pro snowboarder did it. And for about almost a decade was full on pro snowboarder. Where'd you hang? Where'd you hang in New Hampshire? Uh, I was Cannon or? Well, I mean, so I was living on the seacoast area. 
you know, dude, we were going all the way up to the cool plate, like Sunday River and yeah. Maine <laughs> and Cranmore up there. And you definitely lived in New England. <laughs> it was wicked. But the thing is, it's always wicked cold, dude. But you know what? We would get in our car and we would put on Marky Mark, you know, before he was Mark Wahlberg. And we Mark, and we would just go and we'd snowboard all day. It was wicked good. Oh, my God, dude. I love it. I love yeah, it. <laughs> you definitely lived in New England. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, my formidable years from 12 until 20. That's you crazy. Know? I mean, it, it's where I look. I thought I was going to end up there for life. And you know, it was going to be the picket fence and the kids, you know, mid twenties. And I was going to be working at the hardware store. Yeah. And I just like, wait a minute, that's not me. You know, that's not my life. And it, it's great for some individuals and they love that. But for me, something pulled me and I was like, I'm moving to Colorado. I'm, I'm going to do it. See, that's a great spot to pause on, right? That was kind of me with the firefighting thing. Like honestly live the fuel with the fire. Like I would never would have thought about that until I added that into my life experience. Because I like I grew up as a farm kid in New Jersey, moved to Pennsylvania, grew up on a farm again, went to high school, had no aspirations to college, but then all my buddies that I was working at a grocery store, they were going to Penn State for engineering. I'm like, oh well, maybe I should do that. You know, and I'm trying to like work and pay my way through school and torture myself. And then I get into a couple startup companies and I, I work my way up in these companies. And I got I'm cha- now I'm now I'm chasing money, which we all know is not the way to grow. But I'm doing better than my friends coming out of college now. I, I dropped out for a little while. You know, I'm doing the corporate gig. You know, I've no college degree. I'm making 60, 70 K a year. And my, and my, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm doing all right. And you know, lifestyle changes. I meet a girl from Nevada who's out here and she's moving back to become a hotshot. I'm like, what the hell's a hotshot? And I was like, well, if a girl can do it, can I do it? And she's just like, anybody can do it. She's like, she's like, she's she's like, actually, it's really rare for a girl to go do it. I'm like, well, so you're pretty badass. And <laughs> long story short, she goes out, and I can't stop forgetting. I can't forget about hot shots. So I go back to school on nights and weekends. I finish a degree in marketing and psychology just to prove that I can do that. I'm the first person in my family with a college degree, and then I leave. I leave corporate. I'm like, I go find a fire academy. I get certified with the Forest Service. I moved to Arizona. Well, after after going to Greeley, Colorado, Greeley Community College. Oh yeah, isn't that isn't that it's like, that's a hot spot of Colorado, man? I mean, it's it's hopping up there. <laughs> that's that's where all the cows go to. <laughs> well, that that was my second fire academy. Nailed a, nailed a job interview with a superintendent that was teaching fire ignitions there from an Arizona crew, and boom, I I moved to Arizona and and got I got right onto a hotshot crew for two years with no firefighting background. It was crazy. What happens when you like catch an eye with a beautiful woman and that your life will change in a right? moment? Yeah, not w- was not in the game plan at all, but I went with it. <laughs> Never is. And everybody's like, I mean, I don't know if it was like this when you were younger when you left New Hampshire to go to Colorado, but everybody's. What are you doing? Like you, you, well, you now have your degree and you have a great resume and what are you doing? Well, I'd like to touch upon that right there because I actually talk about that in my keynote. So a lot of times in my keynote, people see me in, in the photos or whether you see me in person, but on photos on Facebook and stuff like that, I'm standing on a ladder yeah. and used as a metaphor. It's a visual metaphor where I talk about what's next to the ladder, which is our environment. So in our environment is where we live, our friends, our family, our community, the people we go to work with, the school, et cetera. And also our environment is what's between our, you know, our ears. Our mind is our environment. 
And so what happens is, is that we want to step out. We want to go up this ladder. We want to challenge ourselves. We want to go to the top step, even though people are like, that's dangerous. It makes us feel uncomfortable. You're going to get hurt. And I go through the process. I'm like, hey, don't, you know, start that business. You'll lose a lot of money or don't, you know, go into that relationship. You know, you'll, your heart will end up getting hurt. And even though I say to the audience, I'm like, and don't go skydiving. You'll probably <laughs> die. And, yeah, exactly. Die. No, no, don't be, no, not die. But I, I know, mean, but <laughs> that's, that's what everybody says. Right. That's the brain things. So the ladder ends up being that powerful thing where our environment next to us and and then the craziest thing happened to me because the very first time I ever thought of using the ladder, it was a speaking engagement. And I saw this ladder in the hallway and I had this idea. And in that moment, I said, I have to use this during my keynote. So I bring the ladder in on stage. I hide it. I bring it out and I'm making it the whole concept up as I go. This is your environment. Spontaneity, you man. I love it. And now I'm going up and down the ladder. I'm showing how it's challenging. And then I say to myself, I have to stand on the top step. I have to stand on the top step. But the sticker says don't. <laughs> yeah, do not sit on or stand on or above this step. It, serious injury or death may occur. So I go to this point and I go and I stand, not just sit, but I stand on the top step. And this woman in the audience yells out, please get down from there. You're making us all feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I like, I, 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 I crawl down, I sit down and I'm like, oh, maybe I should, I should never have done this ladder thing. Maybe I should take it out. You or know, I should go back up. Yeah. Well, I'm a compassionate guy. I'm a loving, compassionate. And I realized in the, that moment, and that's where the brilliance came, which was let's unpack this. And right then and there, I unpacked it for the audience and said, do you, I said, how many people are uncomfortable? You know, third half the audience raised their hand. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you realize you're my environment and you want me to get down from here because you're uncomfortable? And that if I do get down from here and I no longer use this in my speaking presentations, I've actually been stuck and I stay in my environment mm -hmm. instead of growing and learning and becoming that next level. And in that moment, I realized I'll never take this out. I'm only going to get more ladders. So instead of six foot, I got eight foot. I got 12 foot. You know, yeah, I was I mean, going to say, I got this one from 2017. That's shorter than the ones I showed earlier. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we do air this on YouTube. So you're going to have a full video and you can see all the screen sharing that I'm doing right from his Instagram page. Yeah. And so, so that's where the power came from. And I learned in that moment and it was powerful for the audience. And we still talk about it to this day. So it's, 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 it's awesome. And so we continue to do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of the things that, again, sets me apart or sets me above most speakers, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. We see, uh, that's awesome. I, it was funny because I just saw some commentary on that, that last image I shared from 2017. Um, and obviously, I know you're probably buddy-buddy with the Harders. So, uh, but Lori and Chris are going to be coming out in September. I go every year. Have you heard of Thrive Make Money Matter? Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen the, especially on O'Neill's page. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because he was the MC two years ago, yeah. and uh, so I've been there. So I, I went out last two years ago just to help support Michael because I'm like, that's awesome. He's going to MC an event. I've never been to Thrive. It was only its second year. I went back last year, uh, so I'm going again this year. So I, you know, it's it's a thing. I love I love the event. I love the messaging, uh, but that could be a great speaking opportunity for you because you're 
right up their alley as far as the demographic and the kind of people they got speaking. It's powerful. I, just, I need someone to open the door. So, you know, somebody that'd be great. Uh, I've, I've sat down and had dinner with the founders. So yeah, we've, yeah. In the end, it's like, they're always looking for the next year's talent. So that's like, obviously this year's already booked up, but like we got to get your name cycled in and you know, Michael's so that helps. They love Michael too. So, cause I, two years ago they was in San Diego last year it was in Vegas uh, literally, literally as I left the event to go to the airport was when that terrible shooting happened. Uh, oh so bad timing, but we're back in Vegas again this year. So hopefully we have a better year. Um, terrible, tragic situation there, but so Michael aside, skydiving aside, ladders aside, bucket list life aside. <sighs> One thing that always stood out to me from your brand, because again, you, you said this, you want the teamwork you want to give back to people. And the interesting thing was, I'll admit this, when I first started my feed, I think it was my own way of exercising and putting in the reps, so to speak, and see what motivational, inspirational content came to my mind that made me want to share it. So that was more in, in, internal versus external. Uh, and then, you know, then I started sharing content and then eventually obviously launching the podcast. The podcast was yes, an excuse for me to get my voice out there. Like you used to have a podcast, but then to your point, right? Like you want to give back to more. I want to, I want people to take positive change away from these episodes. And the one thing that's always stood out to me was when you did that amazing project with that children's hospital, the superhero that yeah. I, I'll never forget that. When I saw that feed go up and ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't even know how to find a fast link to that, but Picture like everybody dressing up like your favorite superheroes, like Batman and 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 Captain America, and who else did you guys have on that? Spider Man. There was a female Spider Man, and oh, that was a was, female Spider Man. Oh, that's awesome! Awesome. She was great. Yeah, it was it was an amazing thing. And how long ago was that? Now that was in two thousand and fourteen. Okay. So actually, yeah, yeah, two thousand and fourteen. So here's the cool thing about that. I always say that what it comes down to is that when you give to others first, everything you desire will come back tenfold. So I put on Facebook, how can I help people check off bucket list items? Mm. My friend Hallie reaches out. She says, I want people to be healthy and happy. I said, Hallie, that's great and all, but let's see how we can help people. Who do you want to help? And she says, in that moment, she says, I want to see superheroes on the children's hospital. And immediately I said, yes. <laughs> had I no always, idea how to pull it off yet. but <laughs> and, that's, and I trained this from the stage. Always say yes first. Let the how figure itself out later. Hmm. The how will always figure itself out. The hardest thing is to say yes. True. So I say yes. Six months, 60 emails, and 60 people later show up on top of the helipad of the children's hospital to have superheroes on the outside of the children's hospital. Yeah, and, and let's let's help the people understand this. How we're not just talking about superheroes on top of the hospital. How did you surprise the children? Well, the things are is that these kids would go to the windows at the end or the side of the building and these superheroes were rappelling down the 10 levels of the children's hospital and they would show up in the windows and they would touch the windows and the kids' hands would touch the windows and they'd see Batman was there. They'd see their favorite superheroes outside this. And it was really, really powerful. And of course, Hallie was there. I mean, this is her dream come true. Now understand that Hallie had just gotten through cancer. 
So wow. she had battled wow. cancer, which is why she said it wasn't about me. She said she wanted to do it for the kids. Hmm. And we recorded this video. So we had the team together and we had drones and we had the video and we put together this amazing video and we put it up on YouTube and Facebook like this. Now, the thing is, the video is something that still gets played today because I share this story at the end of my keynote. It is now the staple or the, the final bookend of the keynote which is about giving back to others, living more fulfilled by helping others first. Yeah. We set this video up, we show the video, and 99% of the time, there are tears down cheeks, there are coughing, there is the sniffles. It's, it's, it hits people so hard. And then what happens is I end up going back on stage after the video and I explained to the audience that some of those kids aren't with us today, wow. but their families still remember that amazing moment that they had. And then also some of those kids have gone home and they still remember that experience. And they Last, never forgot it. Hallie, who's there in that middle photo, there's Hallie. She ended up passing away last year. Wow. Cancer came back. The thing is, is that video is the video that her sister still posts from time to time on Facebook that says, this is the legacy that my sister left. The power of always thinking about others first and that if people can be inspired by that to do that first, you'll see that you make the world a better place. And she continues to inspire audiences. Every one of my audiences that I'm in front of, they get to see the legacy that Hallie lived about others first. And that's true power. And at the end of the day, that's what I realized that like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's cool to do stuff for me. But at the end of the day, when we help others, it's why we're on this planet. See, that's, see, I get chills when I hear this. This just reinforcing why I love podcasting. <laughs> or I love going to powerful events like you speak at. Because that's, that's amazing messaging. And like people hear that stuff. It's like, guys, that, that's the point, right? It's, yes. Professional speakers get paid to do what you do because they're giving, if they're a good speaker, they're giving their all on stage. I mean, there's proven psychology that you're you're drained after an event. Like, you think Tony Robbins isn't, why do you think he's such a health nut? Because he yeah. needs to recharge like crazy. Like, can you remember like, the, the most uh, draining speaking event you ever did? Oh, oh, for sure. And I've gotten better at handling it. So I bring my director of photography with me at every event. And the first couple of events that he started seeing me at, it was the same thing. It was back to the hotel room. I have to completely change out of my clothes, take a shower and get back into new clothes. And then if I sit down on the bed, it's, it's, I'm done. Like <laughs> it's lights out. Like, and so I, I talked to him. I said, look, I, I know I need to recharge, but I don't necessarily want to do that because I'm in these cities. I want to explore. I want to see this new stuff and I want to continue to give. So we just worked out a system, which was, you know, immediately go back again, change clothes, but leave the room. Mm. And then whether it was go for a walk or, you know, go to and grab a quick bite and then continue. But there was always a moment where, or at least some time where I was not around anybody because if I'm around people, I can't give my all and they'll see that I'm slightly checked out. Okay. So I do need to recharge, but what I've been able to do is shorten that recharge time and then be able to step back and be able to like, all right, I'm back in it. If I see people in the hallway, if I see people at the convention or I see people out, whatever, I can still give my all. Oh, nice little hack. I like that. Yeah. I, like yeah. That. I mean, it was a bit of a life hack for sure. 
because I realized what was happening was that I was the, the rest of the day or afternoon or evening was shot. And I was like, I don't like being in this beautiful city, whatever city I'm in and, and losing that opportunity of being able to go check something out. Well, you see, I, I think people underestimate what you're sharing, sharing with us is that a lot, a lot of this is tied to energy. Yeah. I mean, yes, you and I both care a lot about health, fitness, right? Active lifestyles. So yes, that comes back to good diet, good food, you know, proper rest and recovery. But all in all, it's it's peak energy flow. And yeah. it's not just that. It's that spiritual component or how you're tying it to your, your daily mission. And that's that's why I wanted to tie that back to the best public speakers are going to be drained. And whether whether they got to figure out these hacks like you just shared uh, or you, you should never feel like you can't stand a city because you're that drained. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing that you've you know, done enough of these events to realize this. And it's like, oh, man, I got to find a way to fix this because I don't want to have that kind of negative energy. You want to keep it on the high and the positive. So, well, we're all learning and we're all growing. And that's that's the beauty behind it. And and when I give my all to the audience, because it's not about me being interesting on stage. It's about me being interested in the audience. Mm. So from the moment I wake up during a for, let's say, on a day that I have a speaking engagement, from the moment I wake up to the point at which I've done the event and then the event's over, I have been completely on. He was like, oh, you get paid so much for one hour of speaking. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's when I get paid. Yeah. It paid when I speak, but all the stuff leading up to it, the days, the weeks, the months, and then that engagement, the travel, whatever. But on the day of, I have to stay focused. I am watching people. I am learning about the audience. I'm seeing how they interact. I'm picking up on sounds and sights and, and, and words and, and everything about the demographic of that audience so I can understand best how to deliver to them what they might need. Their yeah. aha yeah. moments. Well, I think people under, underestimate that. Uh, again, I've spent years in sales and marketing, and I love public speaking too. Not at your level yet. Emphasis on yet. But you don't just show up and wing it. A lot of people think, oh, he's just so natural and breezy, man. He just, it's just, it must be a natural talent. Like, no. If you respect your craft and you respect, uh, I think I think you just clarified this, the audience. Yeah, it's really right? about the audience. Yeah. I mean, Michael talks about uh, how, um, oh, what is it? He, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a big obsession with comedians. But isn't a comedian technically a public speaker? Like you're, oh yeah, you're, you're again another definition of an entrepreneur. You're you're basically selling your brand, who you are, what your message is, what your talents are, uh, to 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 the audience. And you got to be all in. Yeah, and and comedy is a huge part for me and my keynote. It is absolutely a huge part. And so, you know, Michael O'Neill and I used to talk back and forth about comedians and we would watch the shows of how they would dissect why they're funny and what makes comedy funny. And then I realized I needed to up my game because in a sense, I'm funny in life, but at the, I was like, I don't know how to do this comedy from stage. Huh. And so I actually started doing amateur comedy nights at Denver Comedy Works. And I did about half a dozen of those. Get out. To perfect my comedy but because I knew I was going to be on stage for my two minutes, my three minutes, which was absolutely terrifying. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Then skydiving, then snowboarding, then public speaking. Doing two minutes of comedy was terrifying to me. But what it made me do is I learned more about the craft. Hmm. 
and I understood it. And then I was able to bring that back into my keynotes. And that was power there where I was able to, I keep the laughs going throughout um, so that people laugh, people have aha moments, people have, um, they cry, they're tense at the edge of their seat with the adventure and they're able to have introspection and they connect. I mean, there's so many different points. It's like a good movie. That's that's the, that's what I I think the point is you're trying to tap into people's emotions, right? You want to trigger engagement. I mean, why would anybody would ever come back? Or I mean, let's be real. The end result is you want the power of word of mouth, right? You want people to say, "Man, dude, you got to go to a Kenyan event because he just knocks it out of the ballpark." And I, I got a screen share again only because this isn't really public speaking related, but I just love this shot on your website. Well, again, when you go to kenyasalo.com, click on the about page. This is a sweet shot of you soaring into the stadium. Um, again, I, I don't skydive at your level, but it's just, I love flying that in that perspective. So it's just great photography. <laughs> but that's the point, right? It's like whether you're soaring into a stadium or you're, you're, you're knock, trying to knock it out of the ballpark for the audience, for the audience on stage, on top of a ladder, or when you get off the ladder. It's the point is like, are the people on the edge of their seat or are they, are they engaged or are they looking around or are they on their iPhones? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I would say so that would freak me out. I've done public speaking, not, not at the big keynote level yet, but if I looked into the audience and I see a ton of people sitting there texting, that would probably drive me a little bit nuts. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, for speaking, and this is one of the things where I've started to help and teach other up-and-coming speakers, because I absolutely understand that I know the craft of speaking. And it's it's because I had to study it because I really wanted to say, well, how is this going to work? How is 60 minutes or 90 minutes going to be delivered that that cell phone does not end up in somebody's hand? Mm. And there's ways to address it in the beginning. But even if you make that, like, agreement with the audience that they're not they're going to put their cell phones away and their computers away you still have to be an amazing speaker and there's what i say is one pen speakers and two pen speakers uh the one pen is they're so bad that someone wants to take a pen and you want to jab it in your eyeball <laughs> or pen speakers you want to put both pens in your eyeballs to be like oh this guy or woman whatever i've never heard that before that's good no pen speaker right that they don't even think about it and that ultimately when you understand the craft of speaking, you know how to gear the audience. And one of the, here's one of the biggest hacks that I've, I've really come to understand of what makes a great speaker current times and what doesn't is that people, humans, adults are consuming content, kids are consuming content in a much different way than they did 10 years ago. So, you know, an example is the fact that, hey, you could get someone to watch a 20-minute video. Hmm. It's impossible to get someone to watch a 20-minute video nowadays, but they will sit down and watch 15 two-minute videos. Ah, segments. And, yeah, it's segments. And so the way that I've designed my keynote is every two, probably three minutes, every three minutes, roughly, something new is happening. Oh, there's a video up there. Oh, wait, he's making a stand up. I'm talking to somebody else. Oh, now, oh, he said something funny. Now I'm laughing. Oh, great. Oh, he's directing my attention over here. Whoa, there's a ladder going on. Oh, wait. Oh, back to another video. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where every three minutes, something's happening. So they're thinking it's just consuming content and all of it seamlessly stitches together like a movie because a movie really is just a bunch of still it's storytelling. Yeah. And it's a bunch of still frames 
but when run in motion becomes a visual picture. Yeah. And so that's what I do. So at the end, all of a sudden they really like, wait a minute here. I learned something. I got something out of that. And I, I, I didn't even pick up my phone. Are you telling me 75 minutes, an hour and a half went by? Yes. See, that's, that's awesome because not, not just from the, how well you dictated that and how explained it for people. Cause people are like, Oh, I never really thought about that way. But the fact is you adapted to what, at least here in North America, in the US of A, our culture has become. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, technology is amazing. I, I embrace it. I love it. You know, I'm a 40-year-old, you know, Gen Xer. Uh, part, of the, part of the target audience of this show is to inspire, motivate, and give back to the next generation. I feel that's part of our responsibility to guide the next generation, but, not, but as well as our current gen. But... One of the side effects of all this amazing technology is it has shortened our attention span. Um, but I love the fact that you adapted. You said, great, fine. I will give you that said short attention span segment. But what you don't realize is the magic is I'm tying it together into one massive, beautiful storyline, just like the movies that you only pay to a movie theater to go and watch. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, those that you're not like, oh, I'll wait till it's on Netflix. Yeah. No, it's like, you know what? No, it, it's it's the new whatever, Captain America or whatever comes out. It's like, oh, I got to go to the movie theater to see that. That's going to be legit. Okay, well, that's what you want with your presentations. Like so, Star Wars. Anything yeah. Star Wars. I'm still old school, though. I do love the original. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Right? Based off that movie. Is it better than, equal to, or worse? Uh, my fiance's never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there was. She calls me old man. I'm 40. She says she just turned 36 in May. I'm like, I am not old. So, well, my last relationship, I was like, what? You haven't seen Star Wars? All right, we're starting from the beginning. Yeah. And so we start from the beginning. And well, hold on, Mark, which beginning? <laughs> uh, the original Star Wars. The original Wars, beginning. Okay. So we start from there. And then all of a sudden, character comes on the screen and she goes, Is that Darth Vader? And I was like, what do you mean? I can't believe you're even asking this question. Is that? Of course it is. <laughs> How do you, uh, first of all, even if somebody's never seen the movie, if you don't know who the heck Darth Vader is. I know. What? But and you're in North America. I'm saying, you know, uh, you know, other countries aside, but if you're in the U.S. of A and you don't know what a Darth Vader is, <laughs> there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> I mean, they, they had that dude in the... And I'm anti-fast food, but like the little Happy Meals or whatever, they always got those latest things happening with toys and everything else. I'm like, like I have no kids, no interest in kids. We're never going to have them. But even as an aunt-uncle relationship, I see the toys. Don't tell me you don't know what a Darth Vader is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. Oh, it drives me nuts. We're bringing up generational gap issues. I don't know. <laughs> but it, you know, I have to rewind real quick. When you said one of the most stressful things you've ever done was the, the comedic thing. Mm -hmm. So I got a, I got a very fresh story to share with you from this weekend. You'll appreciate this. So I have, and thanks to your influence and just my lifestyle in general, you and I are from a cut from the common cloth. I'll, I just say yes and go and do things like the firefighting thing, right? Life changing experience, uh, skydiving. Actually I had skydived before I even did the wildland firefighting. So it made that easier. Um, so, so on Saturday, we're recording this. I'm going to date this, people, because I'll say why later. Monday, July 30th, so this was two days ago, I finally went to try and accomplish my first triathlon. Now, 
I've done in Colorado. I've done the uh, Rocky Mountain Endurance Race Series, which are sixty plus mile mountain bike races. I've done 100, 200 mile charity road cycling events, you know, for not for profits. So I have no problem doing endurance sports. But I never grew up around water. Mm. So the one sport that I've always stayed away from was water. So the last two years, my fiance has done that, that triathlon with a couple other people, and I'm always a spectator. And I don't do well with spectators. So I'm sure you can probably agree with me on that. And I was like, all right. And everybody's like, when are you going to do it, Mr. Former Firefighter, Skydiver? I do anything. And I was like, fine. Last year, I committed right then. I'm like, fine. I will buy the ticket right now, and I will go and do this triathlon. Now, and you guys are going to f- figure out where I'm going with this in a second because I want your feedback there, Kenyon, is saying yes is definitely one of the most important st- uh, pieces to get, get started, right? Emphasis on getting started. So the mental game was committed, the physical game was not. So I didn't start taking lessons until about six, seven weeks ago. Well, I underestimated the fear factor of never. I mean, I've done, I've done all kinds of water sports. You have a life vest on, right? Yeah, I've been towed behind boats and everything else, doing high speed stuff, whatever. You crash into the water, you float to the top with your life vest, and you swim back to the boat. I've never done open water, open water swimming. All my mm-hmm. lessons were in a lap pool with a, with a swim coach. Dude, I got to that beach on Saturday, and it all fell apart. It was not pretty. Crying <laughs> under a towel? No, I got in that. I got in that freaking water. All right, I got in. <laughs> and I and I cried there. I cried in the water. I added more salt water to the. There, salt was, there was no. There was so much fear. I, I don't think my tear ducts could work. I. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call it swimming in 15 minutes. I was, by the way, I'm only doing a sprint triathlon. Okay. So it's only a 400 meter swim. So you have to go to the first buoy around the second buoy and back. My fiance had already finished the Olympic distance, by the way, and was already on the bike. So I was like, all right. So <laughs> dude, water pan. I did a Facebook live on this. Cause I, I truly believe in honesty and transparency. I've done all this crazy adrenaline junky stuff. Guess what? I still have weaknesses because it fell apart. Sure. My breathing's freaking out. The anxiety's kicking in. I'm reaching for the lifeguard thing just to hold on and catch my breath before I get started again. It takes me 15 minutes just to get to the first buoy. It was mm-hmm. awful. And then they eventually said, listen, you're taking too long. We have to be out of the water by a certain time. You're the last heat. We have to pull you. I was like, you're not pulling me. And like, yeah, we're pulling you because you can't swim very well. <laughs> So I got pulled on the boat. I got sent back to the shore. And I was like, so I took all, there's still, there's still, I was like, I was like angry with myself, but just frustrated. And I took that energy and I put it into the bike and I put it in the run and I still finished my event. But the reason where I'm going with the story is I said yes, which means I could have gotten started, but I didn't actually get started until six, seven weeks ago, putting in the reps. So, I underestimated the psychology of my anxiety and water panic. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was like everything else I've done in my life where sometimes you, you got to admit, sometimes you can muscle your way through some things. Sure. Not always recommended. No. So I just intrigued to see where you would like to take that little story. Uh, as far as life lessons, what you've learned, how you've inspired other people, because 
to me, that was a great example of Scott. You could have done better if I would have put in some more work. I figured I'd be fine like every other sport that I've ever done. I truly underestimated my mental game. Well, first off, amazing shout out to you. Awesome. And there's two sides to this, which is prior and after. What comes up for me with the prior part is you could have never have done it saying, I don't know how to swim. I can't swim. I'm not good at swimming. I'm not swimming good enough. I'm pulling out of the event. True. And that happens to a lot of people the whole time. They're, they're oh, with this and that. And, oh, I, I'm, not do- I, da, da, da. I'm not doing it. That's it. It's clear that I'm not ready. The second part is, what was your mental post-event? When you finish the event, moments, days, weeks after the event, that's the part that's also the other big challenging part where we can beat ourselves up. We could talk about it. I mean, ask anybody who's ever done any speaking on stage, whether it was a 35-second thing, 35 minutes, or a whole day. The most common thing speakers do is they're getting this standing ovation. Wow, you're amazing. They're two steps down off the stage. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that one part. I shouldn't have said that. I messed up that thing. Self-critique. Or the video didn't work, blah, blah, blah. It's like, whoa, whoa. Did something awesome just happen? Yes. You did that race, sprint marathon? Amazing. Do you have stuff to work on and get better at? Yeah. There you go. The thing is, that's why I commend you because you said yes. Now you're letting the how figure itself out. The how is figured out. And the question is, uh, you know, and many speakers have said this. Uh, every master was once a disaster. Mm-hmm. Classic uh, quote. Classic quote. So it's like, you know, that's where you start. I mean, I I fly wingsuits now and jump into the Denver Broncos games. But the deal <laughs> was is that there was a very first skydive. And I had to do my very first. We yeah. all start. So I celebrate you. Well done. Well, it's funny. I, I like, we should pause what you just, you just nailed it. And that was my epiphany too, is when you said, you have a choice what you think about, for example, at the end there, right? It's like, okay, well, right afterwards, where's your mindset at? Yeah. And if this was maybe you know, 15, 20 years ago, I'd have a different mindset. But thanks to doing all the other things that I've challenged myself with, a, a quote that you shared when you signed up for today was, life's like a movie, write your own ending. And I love that because that'll be in the blog notes. But when I finished the event, yeah, was I frustrated? Sure. You know, they, they promised me a swim angel, somebody that would swim alongside of me. They decided mm-hmm. to take that swim angel away. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't know why they just weren't there. So like, okay. I don't, I don't find that out until my toes are at the edge of the water and I'm looking around. I'm like, Oh, what? you guys moved me to the last heat for people who want swim angels, you know, for beginner swimmers. Well, I didn't have it. So yeah, I could have blamed them or I could have said, well, Scott, you should have put in more work. So you wouldn't have needed a swim angel. <laughs> but, yeah, well, yeah. The big thing I got, though, within less than an hour was I said, you know what? Everything happened because it was supposed to happen. Uh, You got in the water. You've never done a distance open water swim. I made it to the first buoy. I don't know what it was. Maybe that's 150 meters, whatever it is. I've never swam that far, ever, in open water. I've only ever trained in a pool. Yeah, I was scared crapless, (laughs) but in the end, I did things that I've never done before. 
And that's where my mindset's at. Whereas I think people hearing this, which is why you're the perfect co-host for this discussion, is that it's okay if your mindset's not there yet. And that's the whole point of this story, giving back to the audience, was I know there's people hearing this who don't have the mindset reps yet. They're still, right. They still got to put more reps in. And that's what you and I are kind of you know, hacking here is, guys, you just need more. You got to put more reps in. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it is about the reps. And you know what? The thing is, is now I have this visual of you standing on the edge with the water. You know, maybe you got your Speedo on and your goggles. And did you have a swim cap? Oh, yeah. They, they give you the, yeah, each heat's got a different color rubber yeah. hat thing. I got, never wore right. one of those before. <laughs> right. So, so here's the deal. Next time you're going to make it, if you it, and you know what i'm going to send you we can you know maybe or you can go get a target one of those those arm pool floaties i was we joked around i said dude i don't care if they don't count my score i maybe i'll just put some floaties on <laughs> try to bring a kickboard or something you know like uh, whatever you know <laughs> well cuz the guy, the guy next to me i had a great conversation with the guy in line with me we were waiting for the heat to start he was the only other person that requested a swim angel he was already wearing a wetsuit which was already illegal. And he's like, dude, I don't care. This is my first triathlon. He's 57 years yeah. old. He yeah. just wanted to survive. Yeah. So yeah. then they sent us into the water with one lifeguard. They said, oh, well, we took the other one. So you guys share this one. And we both right. looked at each other. We're like, this is not going to work. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, you're, you're already 10 million miles in front of the person that won't get off their couch and even try. Ah, great connection, right? You're so, of the game. So what if we have somebody right here right now who hears that, right? Mm-hmm. They're on the couch. And right. we just discussed the power of saying yes and starting. But I, I know you've had people like this that are in your audience. That probably, hell, showing up in your audience was already a huge move for them. Just showing up to an event is powerful. What do you, you know, say to people like that? Like if we use skydiving as, as an example. The hardest thing for anybody to do who has never skydived, but they want to skydive, the hardest thing for them to do is make the phone call and make the reservation. Really? That's the hardest part. It's oh. not It's not like showing up. It's not you know getting dressed up. It's not getting on the plane. It's not getting hooked up. It's not jumping out the door. The hardest thing for anybody to do who's like, I think I want to skydive, but I don't know if I could do it is actually, that's the yes part, right? Is I'm saying yes by making this phone call and booking it. Because once you book it, everything starts to happen. And I imagine for you, the hardest part was like, okay, what event am I committing to? And then you committed to this event. And once you committed to it, everything started happening. You started getting phone calls. You started reading stuff online. You realized you talked to people. They said, oh, yeah, here's some information. And then you're like, I could do this. I better go to the gym. I better eat well. And then here you are. Right. And then next thing you know, I'm reading about you. And it's like, well, number one Iron Man athlete in the world <laughs> in the 40s age range. That'd be crazy. Be never know. Whoa. Yeah. Look at what's happened. Yeah. Remember that day he couldn't swim? You know, wanted an angel. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. What happened? People are like, what you happened? have a swim angel? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I have... <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. Just fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, right, Scott? Right. What if one day you're a swim angel to somebody else? Oh, wow. See? There you go. Scott, you gave me the chills back. I like that. And and that's that's completing the cycle. You had an experience which was about yourself. Mm -hmm. You're sharing the story right now because that's about friends and family, and that's how we connect. 
ultimately what happens is maybe in this or in other areas of your life, you end up giving back because it's knowledge you learned because you remember the day that you learned and you're like, I wish I had a swim angel. Yeah. And now got the skill set and you're going to give that to somebody else and that's going to impact their life. And ultimately you may say, you know what? I've done a lot of races in my life. I've swum a lot of open water now, but my favorite one was when I actually gave back. Yeah. See, I, I need to connect well on this. I love this. See, now here's the underlying principle of this episode. I said, reason why I was giving you the date today. This is so fresh. When I left for that triathlon, I had, a, had an inkling that it might not go well, right? Sometimes you have that energy. I try to ignore that stuff, but it happens. And I said, you know what? It's going to go well. Whether I complete the swim or not, I will still go crush the bike, crush the run, be there for my fiance and my friends, right? And learn from that experience. Um, but the other thing I said was, and I can thank the influence from podcasting and now speaking. It, and just also, I also tell people use social media for good. The content that I share on social media, same thing, right? Giving back, yeah. leaving a legacy behind was the hour plus drive out there. I said, dude, I am planning my 200th episode. I already have, I don't know, like 10 shows in the tank. But I was like, I was going to personally record my own episode. But then when you texted me, I was like, that's the universe, dude. Kenyon, oh, Kenyon, Kenyon is my 200th episode. Away. Yeah. So, oh, I, so tonight I have to rush this off to my editor to make sure that this makes the cut because I already have the, I have to push all the other shows out because I said, like, you know what, dude, the guy who inspired me to create live the fuel, the guy that I emulated, you know, I knew you and I would have a great show today. And that's where, when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, why would I want to talk about triathlons just to myself in the audience? I can do that. I can. But I was like, when you text that, and then I, then I was like, well, let me know what the schedule works out. And you booked it literally the next day on today. I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. We're Don't using you. this one, man. It's the universe wow. has spoken. This is number two zero zero. So such gratitude right here, man. Such yeah. gratitude. Yeah. So I, like I said, this just it means a lot. I, I still it still cracks me up though. I was like, how the hell did it take us this long to get around to this? Yeah, two hundred <laughs> episodes later, right? You know, it's man. like ah, yeah, it's 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 like literally it, it is. July 30th, in a month, month and a half maybe, this show is two years old. <laughs> so I launched it in September 2016. Oh, man. And I oh, had man. Michael as the very first episode. So yeah. now he was my coach. He helped me figure out this whole audio gear thing and all that stuff. And, and But he was the guy that plugged you and I together. And everything happens for a reason. So right. we gave him plenty of shout outs tonight. I think, he's, I think we go with that, right? He, yeah, I think I think he'll be good. I yeah. Mean, so listen, we we got to bring this show to a close. All right. You've you are our guest co-host. My guest co-hosts always get to close the show out with whatever they want to close it out with. It could be their final words. Maybe it's their mission this year or going into next year. But if people forget about all the cost, awesome stuff we talked about today, how do you want to close this out? Ultimately, it's about every one of the listeners right now. And the key thing is, is that anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, it's for a reason. Just like this is episode 200 and that I happen to be able to be on this podcast and I'm grateful for it. It's for a reason. And so in that moment, the toughest thing, just like picking up the phone and making the phone call is that action part. So time and time again, so many individuals out there say, I want to do something. Oh, I want to do that. I want to see that. I want to travel there. And sometimes the hardest part is saying yes. And what I say to my audiences, and this is what I want every one of the people that are hearing this podcast, whenever you hear it, 
is I want you to think about something right now, something that's on your bucket list. I want you to think about it and I want you to bring it to the forefront of your mind. You have it. You have that thing. You're like, ooh, that's it. Whatever that right there, that's it. The thing that just popped into your mind, that's the thing. Now that you have it, I want you to go do it in the next 12 months. And I know you're feeling pushback. You don't have the time. You don't have the money. You don't have the location or you have some fear. Don't worry. Those four things come up for every one of the humans on this planet that want to do something. And I challenge you, 12 months is a long time because a lot of us know that it doesn't matter whether I jump out of airplanes or you drive super, super safe to work. We're all on a level playing field. None of us knows if we have a tomorrow. And because of that, and because we know people who didn't have a tomorrow, every one of us knows someone who didn't have a tomorrow, but they thought they did. I'm giving you 12 months. So whatever you have to do, if you want to travel to Italy and you've never had a passport, start the passport process. You want to learn how to scuba dive? Go to your local scuba diving shop and sign up for the course. You want to do something, maybe write a book. All right, pick up a pen or start jotting some notes down or typing on a computer. Whatever your bucket list item is, start now and set a goal to have it done in 12 months. And feel free, reach out to me on my webpage, kenyonsailor.com. Send me a note that says, I'm committed to this. Or send me a note that says, I just did the thing that I wanted to do. And I will celebrate you every day of the week. I think that's amazing. And that's really what I want to give to the audience members is that inspiration that in the next 12 months, goals, dreams, and desires will come true for all of your audience members. And that's it, Scott. I'm loving it, man. Well, listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, the challenge he just dropped on you is why he's our guest co-host today. Episode 200, KenyanSalo.com. Again, he gave you a year. Dude, a lot can happen in a year, people. All right? Whether we're fueling your health, your business, your lifestyle, this whole show could change in a year. So set the goal. He, already, he, he just dropped the challenge on you. You got a year. I've had challenges drop in like 90 days. I'd take a year any day. So again, thanks for listening in to another powerful Live the Fuel podcast show where we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Kenyon Salo can just drop the mic even though we got him mounted on boom arms. So thanks for listening to another powerful show. Check him out at kenyonsalo.com. And again, episode 200, people. Thanks for listening in. Keep sharing. That's all I could ever ask. Share the episode. If it means something to you, share at least one person. That's all I ask. All right, keep giving back. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7s resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brands section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, 
There's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just a quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts. You got Pure Vitamin Club. You got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight, or improve your athletic performance. Or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Eat Pilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com. Click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors have actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.